Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Welcome to the show. It's, it's Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast. I was all the cool. This is very dangerous. I'm reading the table leg. There's a glass of water on it. It's all going to go wrong. Glass of water. This is all just a, something like my mic's just caught on the table. There we go, we're off. Uh, we can edit that out. We're not going to, though. Uh, this is Rich James, Edinburgh Fringe podcast, or as some of the cool kids with goatee beards are calling it, Rahef. Rahef. Uh, that was just the one man. Uh, and uh, so, welcome to the show. We've got, uh, we've supposedly got two guests on today. One of them's not here. Uh, the one who has to go on first is not yet here. He's on the way. So I'm not going to tell you which one isn't going to be here, because then it'll be exciting. Jeopardy. Oh, you're here. Fantastic. They're both here. <laughs> that was, it was Mark Thomas. Who was, he was, he's very busy doing active activities. Active, not activities. Uh, acti- what's it called? Being an activist. Being a- activism. Yeah, well done. That's the right word. Uh, I'm fucked. I'm really fucked. You, you've been waiting for this to happen. Uh, the people at home, the people here, are look just glaring at me angrily. Go, what do you mean I've paid to come and see this? And you're telling me you're, you're fucked? Yes, I am fucked. Uh, but it'll be all right. I can't remember words by this stage of the fringe. This is the 20th show in a row. Well, not quite in a row, but nearly. So it's, it's quite a hard thing to do. I'm not making my life... You know, I'm not complaining about my life. It's a wonderful life, but no, fuck all of you. Uh, so, can uh, <laughs> have a great time. It's I'm depressed because it's awards day today. Uh, the nominations are imminently out. I don't think they're out yet. Uh, it always makes me depressed, even though I'm not eligible to be in it. I'm always disappointed to find I haven't won. So I'm. I'm <laughs> oh, not another year. 22 fringes. There must. You know, a lot of people on the on Twitter saying spirit the fringe, saying you know 22 fringes giving away free DVDs, doing a podcast every day. A lot of people are saying this, and I'm saying, please stop doing that. It's not, please stop saying those things. It's, it's up to the panel to decide. It's, done. it's just being here a lot and doing loads of amazing things and collecting, <laughs> making money for charity, a quarter of a million pounds for charity. That is not, that's nothing compared to the, the you know, helping some young man's career along. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not at all bitter. Uh, and uh, I'm starting to worry. I killed the, uh, if you've been listening to these, you'll know there's been a fly in the venue and in, the, and in my kitchen. I killed the fly a couple of days ago. Uh, but since I've killed the fly, Colin has not been back to the show. And I'm worrying if that Colin had shapeshifted into a fly. And I don't, I don't know if anyone can correlate and listen back and work. When there was a fly in here, was Colin here? It'd be terrible because he's sort of like a necromancer, and I might have, I might have killed my, you know. But well, I'm glad I killed him because he was stalking me in a terrible way as a fly. I'm delighted he's dead. Uh, and, uh, do come in again. Uh, Dave's top ten gags have come out, and uh, a lot of people are upset. There's no women uh, telling any of the jokes in the top ten. I'm more upset that none of the jokes are amusing. Uh, so surely there could have been. Surely there could have been. There must have been somebody doing a good joke. I've got a good joke in my show. What if a serial killer kills another serial killer? Does that work like conkers? Hey, that's a good joke. It's not a pun. Why is that not in there? Uh, I've thought I'd, re- I'd write about one joke every three years. Uh, that's like a one line that work, would work in that Dave competition. So I'm annoyed that it wasn't even uh, in there. I'm not. I'm not as bitter as I'm sounding. I'm. I'll, I'll, I'll cheer up. Uh, I'm gonna. Ca- <laughs> Well, yeah, the, the thing I really like, the thing I've been meaning to say for ages is um, 
there's not very much graffiti on these big posters. People are quite respectful of the comedians. You would expect there to do more graffiti, but there's always graffiti on Russell Kane's posters. <laughs> and, uh, I quite like Russell Kane, but I, it still does delight me. And when you walk up, you walk up the Pleasance, there's his big billboard there. Someone has sort of stamped into his head with like a pencil or something. So it's not, it's just, it's not written. It's just like the word cunt stamped out <laughs> on his forehead. It, it cheers me up every time I go to my show. And I like Russell, and I don't think he is a cunt, but obviously some other people do. <laughs> At least one man with... A, it's like, it's like it would almost work in Braille, that's what I like about it. Uh, and uh, journos have been picking the uh, themes of the fringe. Um, it's either na- Nazi jokes or uh, feminism or porn. But none of these journos have seen, you know, there's like 600, 700 shows in the fringe. And so people, they, even if you've been, like someone on the Pat Perry panel, as I call it, has been to 71 shows, which isn't even a tenth of the show. So how can anyone come up with the theme? The theme is Richard Herring is the spirit of the fringe. That's what, <laughs> that's what everyone is saying. If you've just come to this show, that's what you think. Look, look, fuck it, we're going to get on with it because I think Mark has to get off and do some activities. Uh, will you please welcome him? He's from the show, 100 Minor Acts of Minor Descent. I couldn't bother to look up the bad thing he'd done, and that is good. Will you please welcome Mark Thomas? He's from Saturday Zoo. How you doing, Mark? Thanks for coming along. Hello, hello, hello. I think you are the spirit of the fringe. I am. I think you are. I think you... Do you know, you are turning... You are becoming this generation's Arthur Smith. Wow, that would be amazing. That's a nice... That's a, that's a compliment. It is. I, would, I, would. I like to also think that it's blind people who have really just fucked off. <laughs> I, would hope, I would hope so. Because that would be weird, because they can't see him. And I think the thing that people object to with Russell is the way he looks, that he's a 45-year-old man pretending to be 12, 23. 12? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and has his silly hair, which even he admits is a bit silly. So... Uh, it'd be amazing if blind people hated him as well, just by in- instinctively. <laughs> <laughs> Knew that he looked. No, no, no. There's a, a whole, great comedy there's a whole talking book called Russell Kane's Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you're very busy doing. You like you're rushing off from here to do something with ATOS, is that right? Yeah, there's the ATOS office, which is just across the way. Uh, and ATOS are the company, private company, who've been brought in to assess uh, disabled people's ability to work or not, and it is. And actually, since I've been up here, I've been talking to loads and loads of folks involved in the disability rights movement. And it is just absolutely disgusting when they get onto it. So what we've done is we are doing uh, an assessment of ATOS, and we've launched it today. Um, And it's called, uh, Are ATOS Fit for Work? (laughs) And uh, what's great is we've got it in all the formats, and we've worked with all sorts of different disability rights groups. We've got it in Braille, we've got it in uh, uh, Easy to Read, we've got it in Print, and Alexi Sale last night did the audio version, which is great. It's just assessing the assessors. It's got that lovely little Liverpudlian twang to it, and it just uh, hints at contempt all the time. (laughs) Which is just great. So he's done that, which is really exciting. We got loads and loads of folk down there, and we decided because because it was a launch of an academic survey, what we're going to do is we're going to run this for six months, and people are going to put down their experience of what it was like going through the ATOS experience, and then we shall present it. uh, It will be sort of like compiled by academics and we'll present it to the select committee in uh, House of Parliament and say look this is how ATOS are behaving this is compiled by people who've had experience of it right so that's what we're doing so today. it's just started today it's just started today which is great and because we've kicked it off most demos can be quite sort of dr- I've been on a lot of demos you know what I mean and it's just you do get kind of like oh god it's just the most dull thing uh, my, my, do you know Mark Kelly who's a, who's a you know Mark don't yeah, you yeah, he's a comic he, he, yeah. he's, he's a he was involved I think it was in the Spartacus League 
and years and years ago they, 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 they're they really hardcore sort of like yes there are mistakes made by the Russian uh, dictata- dictatorship of the proletariat but we must, we must defend the gains made for the working huge great long slogans and he said he went to a meeting once about ten people or something like that and afterwards they go would you want to stay we're having a, we're having a disco <laughs> and they said, he said, really? They said, yes. He said, he went downstairs into this cellar bar and they played Russian marching music. <laughs> and, that, and that was the disco. Um, and so demos can, can on occasion be a bit dreary. So what we've done is we've just got loads of tea and cake and coffee. We've got chocolate brownies. We've got every single combination of gluten-free, sugar-free <laughs> sort of like product that you can imagine. Uh, and it's, it's lovely. It's really nice yeah. down there. And so, so have you uh, compiled and is there any early results in it? Is it too early to say? Yeah, they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> if we have to guess. <laughs> yes. If you were making it up, uh, yeah, you'd go <laughs> with their shit. That would be the book oh, you speak. Br- and we've got a good one tomorrow as yeah. well. If you don't know, we've got, we're, doing, uh, we're organising um, uh, 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 an LGBT gig, which is a lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender gig, and it'll be an LGBT uh, supportive and rights gig, and it is in the street tomorrow at 2.30 outside the Russian consulate. <laughs> Come to the gig. It's going to be free. It's going to be really, really exciting because we've got Stephen K. Amos, we've got Zoe Lyons, we've got Susan Kalman, we've got Joe Lysett, we've got me, we've got Dana Alexander, we've got a whole load of other folk popping down. Uh, the, the whole speaker system that we've got is being uh, bicycle-powered uh, generator. <laughs> so even the bikes are by. So <laughs> we, we've... <laughs> and, and it was lovely, it's really been weird because the, the, I talked to a lawyer that I know and he's, he just said, he's, he's um, over in Glasgow and he said, do you want me to have a quick word with the police and just uh, sort of fly a kite and see what their reaction's going to be? And so it's out of the blue, the police just phoned and he's like, Mr Thomas, I understand you're organising it. So I had a little chat with them. I said, oh, it seems fine, we're going to be obviously protecting your uh, right and, and facilitating your right for protest, that seems fine. Um, and then I got a call from someone yesterday who just said, Mr Thomas, it's police station here. Um, I think it's going to be bigger than any of us expected. <laughs> and I said, well, how many are you expecting? He said, we're going with 300 at least. And I said, well, I think it might go. He said, have you seen the embassy? I said, yeah, it's not very big, is it? The, the, the pavement outside. He said, he said, what we'll do is, I, th- I think what will happen is, is that people will probably spill out onto the street. <laughs> I said, yeah, that probably will happen, yeah. And that's obviously what I was hoping was going to happen. And he said, what we'll do is, he said, look, we'll play it like this. We could go the official route and talk to Edinburgh Council about how we shut off roads. <laughs> and I said, well, they're well versed in that. <laughs> It's like, if there is an award for it, Edinburgh's got it. I've walked the length of the Israeli barrier on the West Bank, and I can tell you it's fucking easier to get around that than it is to get around fucking here. Right? But the, um, but, so he said, he said, look, if we could go the official road and talk to the Edinburgh Council, he said, but there'll be a lot of faff and paperwork and barriers. He said, what we'll do is we'll just play it by ear, and... I'll make the operational decision to shut the street tomorrow, if that's all right. <laughs> and it's been really lovely. The cops have been absolutely charming, really, really, really kind. And I'm just sitting there on the other end of the phone going, well, fuck, there's the act gone. You're going to have to be nice to the police from now on. That I know, terrible. I know. We've terrible had some come thing. over and I've offered them tea and cake and one of them's just gone, oh, I think it might be construed as a brave. <laughs> <laughs> Please forgive that terrible accident. <laughs> he was actually Peter Sellers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so is this uh, having? Obviously, is it part of the show, or is this just you on your spare time? 
doing a bit of bugs for it. I might creep into the show. You never yeah. know what creeps into the show and what doesn't. Because although I'm sort of pledged to commit 100 acts, the gig is this: I have to commit 100 yeah. acts of minor descent in the course of a year. And if I succeed, then I do one show and one show only the day after the completion, which is 14th of May 2014, and it will document all 100 acts. Right. Uh, and and as any, uh, frankly, there are bits of it that will border on performance art. <laughs> uh, then, so we're going to document the 100 acts, and then all the artwork because I'm working with loads of artists uh, goes up to Sheffield for a gallery yeah. and there's going to be this big artwork display um, if I fail because I, I, I say this every night because I have to make the declaration of what, what I'm doing and if I fail there has to be something that involves jeopardy and humiliation and loss of dignity because you can't have a task <laughs> and then just go oh well fuck it at the end of it do you yeah. know what I mean I, I didn't do it but who's looking you know you can't do that <laughs> so what I've pledged to do is if I don't commit 100 acts of minor dissent I will donate £1,000 to UKIP Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's something of a motivator. <laughs> and how many are you in so far? Uh, by the end of the week, we'll have got uh, 28. Oh. I wrote a play. I wrote a short play while I've been up here, <laughs> which has been great. <laughs> you haven't but had much on, so, you know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know <laughs> I'm bringing down the system, but I've had time off. So, the, uh, the, they, I'll do a thing with Theatre Uncut. And I don't know if anyone knows about Theatre Uncut, which is a really great thing. What they do is they're a sort of radical group who are getting playwrights to write short plays about austerity and about the cuts and about the attack on the welfare state and all of that. Um, and these plays that go online and they're written by people like David Gregg and uh, Tanika Gupta you know really well established playwrights uh, like David Gregg's plays over at the Travis at the moment Tanika yeah. Gupta's just been on uh, the uh, Stratford-upon-Avon at the uh, Royal Shakespeare Company I mean these are really classy playwrights and, fuck, and then shabby little fuckers like me uh, <laughs> and, and what they do is they put the plays uh, so you don't have to pay any rights there's no royalties or any rights like that and they're all free and so for two three weeks a year they go they get performed across the world and anyone can do them whether they're students or drama students or whether they're schools or activists whatever uh, and it's a way of trying to invigorate and engage theatre with um, the austerity so I did a short play I was asked to do a short play yeah. and I did a short play on um, which is based upon a character who is not Richard Desmond the owner of the Daily Express <laughs> uh, though it has obviously there is a passing resemblance um, <laughs> And it is about how this character, who's not Richard Desmond, owner of the Daily Express, is uh, taken hostage by his cleaners, um, <laughs> who turn out to be migrants, and uh, they're really fucked off, and they want him to print a pro-migrant. He's really angry because his editor has got a story about migrants, and the story is only that the church has had to shut its doors because migrants are being found and used in the font as the wash basin. And he's after migrants shagging in the font as his front page. Uh, preferably, he wants actually migrants shagging font, baby gets AIDS, at christening that's what he wants <laughs> as his front page uh and and, and so th i wrote this play and they put it on they did it at the traverse they yeah. do this sort of rehearsed reading and it was all to highlight uh two facts one of which is um non-british workers represent four million people in this country who are working and paying tax and national insurance it represents 13 percent of the workforce the number of people signing on who are non-british is 135,000, which represents five percent so you're more likely to be signing on if you're British right. than if you're uh, a migrant or non-British. Uh, the other fact that I thought was quite salient was that the Daily Express is offshore. They don't pay any tax. So the newspaper saying, telling people off for sponging off of other people doesn't actually contribute at all. Uh, and so we're organising a demo down in London. It's on the 23rd. Please come along. If you're down there and it's outside the Daily Express building, it's demanding that the Daily Express stop sponging off of migrants. <laughs>
I had a, um, I know a doctor friend of mine who told me that like in about 20 or 30 years time there's going to be so, because of the baby boomers there's so many there'll be so many old people that there won't be enough young people to look after them so they'll have to be immigrants coming in to do the, the caring of the old of the old people do you know so, what, just, so all those all those yeah. racist people are going to have to be looked after <laughs> by the people because of, of getting older and older <laughs> it's just bringing but more also more those, those migrants will be performing the most the tasks of intimacy. Yes, exactly. And they'll be the ones, you know, wiping the bums and all of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So everyone start being fucking nice to them right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Although I'm rather distressed about the fact that we're running out of young people. Well, it's sort of weird, isn't it? Yeah. I think so, I think there's been a little bit of a spike, but I think basically the baby boomers were so. I think the young people haven't made the effort. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. No, we're not, no one's doing it. Everyone's just having a saying as juvenile to their mid forties. They're pathetic. <laughs> 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 should be having children and, and then are they finding true love and developing a mature outlook on life just, <laughs> just a bit too late going oh fuck quick <laughs> stick it in there listen what uh, you see oh. <laughs> I've been going in the wrong hole uh, so <laughs> Do you know, you are known as that. I've seen that written on the posters. <laughs> Richard Wronghole Herring. <laughs> that should be your right. musical name. Do you know, like musical acts would have... Nat Rubberneck Jackley. <laughs> Richard Wrongen Herring. Well, Dick Herring. Dick yeah. Herring. Dick Herring. yeah. Backdoor Dick, I think. Then. I've got an, an act of minor descent for you that yeah. I'd like you to take up. Okay. I'm very annoyed at service stations that the pick and mix is very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too expensive. It's, it's out of league with what sweets are. You buy one bag and it's like three quid. So I think what you can do is go and fill an entire bag of pick and mix, take it up to the counter, mix it all together so you, they can't do it, and then go, oh, that's too much, I don't want to buy it, and then they won't be able to sell the pick and mix. <laughs> How about that? There's a thin line, I think, between descent and twattery. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just because you don't want to... I mean, uh, God bless you, because when, you were, like saying, when <laughs> you were saying this, I go up there, I thought, oh, don't go the anthrax route. <laughs> It'd be about someone, I didn't suggest, then someone said, but all that will happen is the people who work at the service will get pissed have off. To, well, oh, they just take pick, them out. have to pick them all out. <laughs> so it, isn't, it wouldn't be very With good. their ungloved hands. Yeah, yeah exactly. With their ungloved migrant hands. <laughs> Possibly. Um, Tell me, have you seen, what have you seen that's been sort of... Uh, have you seen anything that's been sort of either brilliant or completely kind of like, whoa? Because, you know, there's lots of stuff which you see up here. Or there's yeah. some stuff. I remember last year, I went to see a performance. I'm not going to say what it was. I, but I'll tell you very I walked into this room. <laughs> and it, was, um, it was a performance art piece. And a woman was sitting on a large stool. And she's completely naked. And she's holding a microphone. So she's sitting like this. And you have to walk past her to get to your seats. And as you walk past, she goes, <laughs> and I just walked past this naked woman and smiled. I said to my mate, this is going to be brilliant or it's going to be shit and I don't care. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes you get shows like that yeah, yeah. that are just kind of like, it's brilliant or shit, but I don't care. I don't go to very much, I have to say. I don't, so I don't go, I don't see, I go and seek out shows that I know are going to be good. So I've seen right. about three or five, I've only seen three. So you just do a show about the fringe without seeing it a lot? Yeah, well, there's okay, no, no, time, there's no time. <laughs> I can only really see, I went to see Ben Moore's show, which is great, but I was, it was in the afternoon and I was just, I was so tired that I couldn't concentrate on it and it made me tired from my own show because it was so dense with stuff. That I went to see this because my daughter was up staying yeah. with us for the past six days and she's coming up 16, oh, sorry, 13, 16, oh no, yeah, yeah, get to work you lazy fucker. Um, but she, she's coming up to 13 and we went to see this really beautiful thing and I said, I don't know whether it's a bit young for you but let's go and have a look at it. Um, and we went to see two things which were great. One was this uh, Apre Midi 
doing something or other. Um, I've, I've run out of my French right there. <laughs> but what it is, is this guy cuts up uh, bits of plastic. He's got a, a sort of LED light ring on the stage. It's a summer hall. He's got a series of fans around the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, and he cuts up bits of, of plastic bag and then tapes things and then scrunches them all up. And it looks like a scrunchy bag. And then he walks around this ring just turning on the fans. And the fans start to fill up this bag, and so it suddenly starts to rise. And you see what he's done is he's made arms and legs on these plastic bags <laughs> out of the plastic bag. And he's got a little bit of blue tag or something on the carriers, so it gives a bit of weight. And these things just uh, this thing just starts to dance around the stage with these fans <laughs> caught in the thing. And then he just walks around throwing out more of them. And it, it's just beautiful yeah. the whole room because it ends up with this room full of these plastic bag puppets dancing in the air in this little <laughs> vortex of fa- and I, it's the most beautiful thing and I just sat there with tears in my eyes it was just amazing yeah. so go and see it I don't it, really you have to borrow a kid to get in just to get <laughs> just you know, there's I don't really like to miss pointless, so I, uh, I it's, uh, <laughs> so it's a problem for me. That's my one hour I've got is when pointless is on. No, I, I could go and that. see stuff. And I understand that you, you are. I want to, you know, just. I, check. I understood that you're the go-to man if he's on holiday. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna, yeah, no, no. I'd love oh. to do. I'd love to be on pointless. It's a great, great show, but I'd be terrible on it. Me and Ben Moore should be on pointless because he's really clever, <laughs> and I can be the thick one who sits behind. And goes, oh, yeah. uh, there was a man on pointless who was on this week. <laughs> Let's talk about pointless. There was a man on the last two. Uh, it was him can, and I his, I say, can I just say this? Yeah. Right, I've just talked about performance yeah, art. Yeah, no, this right, is, this is what I do. <laughs> right, I go and see performance <laughs> art. I've watched Pointless for five minutes. <laughs> You've got to watch it for longer than that, then you're going to get into it. There I'm was a man on it. They, they're allowed to do two days, Mark, and they come back. They, if they don't fail one day, they come back. The first day, this couple, I think it was a man and wife, uh, got four, got two hundred, which then were knocked out in the first round. So they've got two hundred. What they got both questions wrong. They got they got they Are these get, points. Yeah. So you, if you get a hundred, it means you haven't thought of anything. So they got two hundred. They came back the first round. They got. I can't. I can't. I think they they were they were on the way. To the, they got th- three hundred, and then the woman got one. The next round they got two hundred. So they got out of the six questions they asked, they got one question. They got one thing right. And the bloke on it got three things wrong, and that's all he did on Pointless. It was the best thing I've ever seen. It's better. That is better. That is better than a carrier bag flying around, isn't it? You don't have to go. You don't have to go out, and you can watch it on uh, iPlayer if you want <laughs> for free. You don't want me to comment at all. <laughs> uh, it just sounds utter fucking shite. It, it was, it's amazing. Robert Webb, what a waste of talent. It's, uh, it's, it's Alexander Armstrong. Is it Alexander Armstrong? Well, whatever one. They're, they're fucking they're interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm going to ask you uh, some emergency questions. I don't know, questions. some fucking middle-aged tweed wearing twat. <laughs> <laughs> He's related to William the Conqueror, Is Alexander he? Armstrong. Well, we directly. all are. We all are. We well, probably all are, but he can trace it back directly. Um, if you had to marry one of the Muppets, yeah. which, which one of the Muppets? Fuzzy. Fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> without That's a fucking shadow of a doubt, it's legal now. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Norman Tebbit said that actually, once we allow gay marriage, then nothing would stop us marrying our pets. Fuzzy, <laughs> fuzzy. <laughs> Good. And uh, what is the closest you have come to physical death than actual real death? Uh, flying over uh, a US listening base in Yorkshire in a hot air balloon uh, and missing a water tower by about five foot. Right. <laughs> I had a dream about a balloon yesterday, so that's quite spooky. And there's a, about <laughs> being in a balloon and only crashing. So that's, yeah. yeah. So maybe that was what the that was the. Prediction. Maybe you were picking up on that. Yeah, maybe I was unusual. Maybe Thomas. maybe that's what you were doing. You were watching Pointless, getting yourself into that Zen state that allowed you to receive other thoughts of some value. <laughs> it is a terrible shame that I can't go and see stuff. I've seen um, 
Brett Goldstein shows really good about about porn and there's a lot of kind of shows about what I've noticed from the five shows I've seen is the theme of this year's Fringe is feminism and porn because uh, I've seen two shows about that. Uh, so whoever his show's great and Bridget's show's great, which are, but they're both sort of on a similar Bridget's theme. Bridget's amazing. She's yeah. great. We probably know by now who's uh, who's been nominated. Uh, we'll I've find no out. idea. What, what, for nominated for what? For the uh, have you? Did you get nominated for the Perry? You must have been nominated. Oh for yeah, the Perry. yeah, yeah, yeah. A long for time that. ago, but it was just like it was. It was oh, fucking. Oh, I think Steve Coogan won it. Yeah. The oh, year that, that I got nominated. So you can't years. lose with dignity. Yeah. <laughs> so the Steve Coogan wins. You go. Oh, all right, fair enough. But it's that year that Steve Coogan won, nobody. He was nobody on the panel's first choice. He was everybody on the panel's second choice. And so is the compromised candidate. So someone on the panel. So you're not AV then? No. Well, they, no. The, 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 it's a weird thing to think that it was to, that someone will win who's nobody's favourite show. That's a kind of odd thing, isn't it? Well, no, it's not. It's, it's fucking yeah, no. It's that they couldn't compromise of going. Oh, come on, let's do it to one of the ones we like the best. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. So someone liked you the best, but they got shouted down. Steve. My, no, my one was stood up. Was it? No, I don't know. But they would have done. They yeah. would have done. Just <laughs> never, never been nominated. I mean, a list of uh, very few people: Steve Stuart Lee, Stephen Merchant, Ricky Gervais, Bill Hicks. Just the good comics. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> and Ricky, Robin Ince, yeah, and Ricky Gervais. Yeah. But the most successful comedian. It's kind of weird that they've missed like nearly. I'm not. They got Steve Coogan, but they missed. They missed. They missed. Miss, yeah, no, they missed. Chris you Morris and, has never done a show. I don't suppose so. I'm in No, but you can't. You can't give Chris a show because he's never done it. No. You can't sort of go. Chris hasn't gotten a award. <laughs> that's not fair. That's an injustice. He has to make the fucking. He has effort. to come up here and do. It. Well, look, you've got you've got to get back and do your thing, haven't you? Yeah, we've got to bring down capitalism. Yeah. So, uh, and I've got uh, you know pointless. Uh, to get to so yeah, in yeah. a way there's some kind of metaphor in there in that, that it's the name it's almost like it's a, a novel by William Thackeray where he thought what would be the best TV show name to highlight that Richard Herring's pathetic life against Mark Thomas's <laughs> fantastic life pointless uh, okay so uh, will you give a massive round of applause to Mark Thomas thank you very much. The system. thank you very much for coming Mark thank god you got here uh, see you man have a good time Mark Thomas what a man and uh, I'll make sure I get this. I think I know the name of the next act. Uh, but uh, the one day I'm going to get it wrong, so I'm just going to double check. It's, I, my guess is it's Chris Stokes. Okay, let's just see if I have got that correct. Phew. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, it's nice to give a new stand-up uh, a chance. Uh, he's been, this is his second year doing Edinburgh. Uh, he's won lots of awards. He's fantastic. Uh, do give him a massive round of applause and welcome Chris Stokes, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. How are we? Good, thank you. Nice to see you. Uh, just get well, crack on, shall we? Not much. Uh, I'm I'm Chris. I'm 29 yeah, years and kilos. Uh, uh, my friend said, "Oh no, you can't do that joke. Uh, it's a podcast because uh, people aren't going to be able to see you." So, but I think I know a way around that. So, anybody listening to this in the future, I'm young and thin. Uh, and I'm older than I look as well, obviously, because I, I, I look younger than I am. And I never used to have a telly, which I know is a bit weird. And there was a, there was a knock at my door once, because I don't know if you, if you had a visit from the TV licensing people, it doesn't occur to them that you might not have a telly. They just assume you're breaking the law. So he knocked the door and I answered it, and the first thing that he said was, "Is your mum in?" <laughs> right, but I, I do this for a living, so I, I should be able to come up with a really quick and witty, off-the-cuff response. And I did. I mean, it was two days later. <laughs> but like, thinking back, I probably should have been a bit cocky about it and gone, "Why?" Have you brought yours with you? <laughs> so that they can discuss what this is about between them. But I didn't say it, I, it didn't occur to me. I just went, no, she lives in Northumberland. Because <laughs> she does. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be clever. It's just, 
I just don't know where she lives. <laughs> I knew the answer, said it straight away. Problem is, this happened on a very specific day. There's something quite newsworthy happened in Northumberland. We get very few gun-crazed criminals in this country, and it happened to happen on the day we had one. But please bear in mind, I'm not trying to be edgy or offensive. It's a true story. It happened to happen on that day. But it was breaking news, and I didn't have a telly, so I didn't know it was happening. So I said she lived in Northumberland, and the TV licensing man said, and you better ring her to see if she's all right. <laughs> I just thought the TV licensing people had started making veiled threats to people that didn't pay their TV licence. And I, 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 like, I like being a I'm doing a show every, every night at the Pleasant's Courtyard, every fucking night. And uh, it, it if, you, if you want to come be nice, it's called Chris Dux Tells It Like It Possibly Could Potentially Might Be. And the reason for that is because I'm not forthright, I can never tell it like it is. The only time I've ever sort of like been any socially aggressive, maybe, but this is quite aggressive, uh, it was when I was in Edinburgh and the fringe was not on, and I think it's better. And uh, I, uh, I was stuck over at the bus station, uh, waiting for my coach. It was the middle of the night, there was no one around. And after about 20 minutes, a man came in, and he was drunk, in this city. And uh, uh, in a pretty much empty coach station, he sat in the seat right next to me. And it was then that I realised he was a tramp. And I thought, oh, the evening I've had, I can't cope with anybody asking me for any money. But he didn't. He just leant over and he said, very sinisterly, he just went, can I shag you? <laughs> and I just went, no. <laughs> I didn't want him to. <laughs> so I, I, I just got up. I just got up and I walked from one end of the coach station to the other and I sat down and I thought, oh, thank God that's over. And uh, he sort of grabbed, he lunged at me and he grabbed my bits and pieces and I just hit him. And uh, that's not like me at all. And he, he'd gone by the time the security guard had come out and the security guard said, can you describe him? And I said, well, it was him. Because I, I looked through the window where the, the buses would be in the daytime uh, and he was just stood there with his trousers and his pants around his ankles. <laughs> and I'm sorry about this, but he was just... Because it's going to be right in your face, this mime. It was, he was just... Yeah. And it was a bit of an eerie sight because he was bathed in moonlight. It was a bit like, does anyone remember the start of Mr Bean? <laughs> and I'm, I'm the security guard, I'm glad he was there, but he wasn't much help psychologically, because I know he's trying to help, but he just pointed at the tramp and he just went, he's probably thinking about you while he's doing that. <laughs> uh, you've been an absolute pleasure. I've been Chris Stokes. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Chris Stokes. Chris Stokes, I patted his bum on the way up and then realised nowadays that's, I'm in trouble, aren't I? I patted a young comedian, says, went up, you go, so he went to shake my hand, but I was kind of getting past him, so then I turned around and go, you know, pat him on the back, but I patted him on the bum. That's, if anyone saw that, that's what happened, that's what I'm saying. Uh, if he complains about anything, that is what that was about. So will you please welcome, <laughs> just trying to save myself. Will you please welcome a uh, fantastic stand-up comedian. He's only in town for two days. He's in London for a couple of days if you're at home uh, and at the Reading and Leeds festivals coming up. So do go and see him. He's fantastic. He's also, I think he's on Twitter. I'm not sure. Will you please welcome Rob Delaney. <laughs> Hello. Good to see you. Gigantic Rob Delaney. Hello. He's massive. I'm a big guy. Got a big beard and a big um, big bunch of head. <laughs> I was going to go for cock, but it's too, it's too early. <laughs> how, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. you Happy so, to be here. You weren't so well yesterday, I hear. Uh, it, what do you mean? Just <laughs> I looked terrible when no, you saw no, me? No, I no, it didn't do well I, in my show. No, I heard rumours about oh, illness. Oh, understood. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to allude to Oh, it. oh, I told him earlier that I had <laughs> diarrhoea yesterday. <laughs> 
That's it. That was that, I just that story. I, I don't like to. T- no, I'm I'm always upset when a fellow act gets ill at the fringe, and I don't like to. I don't. It's, there's nothing funny about kidney stones or diary. And those two, there's nothing funny about those at all. So, um, well, what I was telling him is that yesterday, I was just, like, I landed thirty hours ago from Los Angeles, and it's a very long flight. And then I've just been eating just shit since I got here, just like oily meat, no vegetables. And so yesterday, I spent a lot of time in different bathrooms. And I was explaining to him how my manager, although I've known her for a long time and she's wonderful, she, it so happens that she is an attractive young woman, but she had to be like intimately familiar with like every once in a while I'll just tap her and be like, I'll be back in 20 minutes. <laughs> and that, that was sad for, every, for everyone. It's, it is, it's a shame, but uh, you're better today. I am, thank but you. If you need to go, just... You'll know why. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll fill him. Um, and so um, you said, uh, uh, there's a thing you said in, in a magazine interview that men in their 20s are the worst thing that happens on the I'm planet. I'm so Earth. glad you brought that up. <laughs> uh, I did say that, and that was fun. I, and I meant it. Um, but people, young men in their 20s, rather than like, prove me wrong, uh, or say, you're an idiot, they just started whining and crying, and I got a lot of <laughs> flack for that, proving that I was correct. Uh, no, it's just because young men in their 20s, I mean, that's just the, that's the most, that's the blackest hole of selfishness. Yeah. And the, on Earth, certainly. <laughs> maybe the universe. And with the reason I, I didn't just volunteer that I didn't somebody didn't stick a mic in my face and I was like fuck guys in their twenties <laughs> like uh, I was being interviewed for a newspaper and this young woman said like it was had fielded questions and another young woman in, in her early twenties had said like well my boyfriend you know I have an opportunity to go on a trip and do this amazing work thing and blah 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 but I have a boyfriend I was like fuck that leave him absolutely he would throw you in a ditch just get the fuck out you know never never at a young guy in their twenties that you're having exactly you don't ask him for your opinion you do what the fuck you want to do he can catch up or not. <laughs> He'll be fine. And a lot of people got angry at me for that. I don't care. <laughs> I, I kind of agree. I mean, it's, it's like anyone who's in a relationship. It's like when someone's going, oh, my, f- my boyfriend's going to university when you're young. Yeah, you yeah, go, yeah. Oh, what should I do? Go, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have a boyfriend. Exactly. You're too young. Yeah. <laughs> Go and have some fun. <laughs> Enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same interview, you talked about using... Do you think the best way to deal with the issues of the world is to use humour and compassion rather than anger? Yeah, is- definitely. I mean, well, it's such a wonderful you know, lubricant. for. I mean, life is very painful. Even yeah. if you have a wonderful life, people are going to die. You're going to get stomach cancer. Your head's going to get run over by a motorcycle. You have to... <laughs> you, so you have to laugh or your life will just be a carnival of pain and horror. Yeah. So although... So I'm a professional laughist and consumer <laughs> of like I watch as much comedy as anybody, and of yeah. course I do it. So I may operate in that realm a lot, but it's still just as important to me as anybody. And I do believe it is a, a wonderful, vital thing. I don't think that's a newsflash for anybody, <laughs> but you know I do believe I do go to the church of comedy certainly. Yeah, so I suppose it's like Mark. Mark is out using comedy very, very no. In a gorilla sense, not like mm-hmm. a gorilla, in like a gorilla. Oh, definitely. In a gorilla sense. Well, political humor is fantastic yeah. because you know politicians just are are monstrous liars, and comedy is a wonderful way to take the air out of that very quickly. There um, is no political comedy. I've read it in a newspaper. There's no political. There's no political <laughs> comedians at the moment. So uh, you just have to ignore oh, what you just well. saw. That Sorry. did not happen. <laughs> that man talking about doing all those political things, that does not happen. Because <laughs> it's in the newspaper. It's all about Nazis and porn. That's what everything's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're doing something with Judd Apatow, which is... Uh, not true. No? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Sincerely. Yeah. I mean, okay. I know him, but we're in no way, shape, or form have what? ever even spoken about working on anything. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. 
I thought I was excited about that because that's the only new thing since I last spoke to you. Love that's it. That's on your Wikipedia yeah. page. No, I like him a lot. I, so I mean, I don't doing know. Something I... called Big Rob. Are you doing a TV show called Big Rob with nope. Judd Apatow? Uh-uh. <laughs> Are you just saying that because you're not allowed to talk about it? or you? No, I'm sincerely not. not. Wow. I mean, Who I would have thought Wikipedia would like to. Yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> this is the first time my weak ass research has oh, been. Oh, I saw out. that. Yeah, no, that was like on my Wikipedia yeah, page. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck, who knows what's on there? No, <laughs> not true at all. The only thing, I mail, I wrote a book and it's coming out in November. Yeah. I mailed him a copy to read, so That's in it. that, that sense, would we're be collaborating. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm writing a couple things with Sharon Horgan. Okay. Uh, you know, that's a real thing that I'm d- doing yeah. for hire right now. <laughs> um, but that, I'd say that's the only thing in the realm. Uh, I don't okay. know. I was in a movie, but oh, that isn't out yet. But right. uh, Nothing with Judd Apatow. <laughs> but he's no doubt listening to this, so yeah. Judd. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he's very nice. Yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> But you have invented a board game. That's true. Yeah, that's I did. Yeah, I uh, a board game company. That seems an odd move. I agree wholeheartedly, and I never would have thought to do that. But I, uh, I uh, on Twitter, I write primarily jokes, uh, and I've written so many at this point that a board game company uh, called Family and Party Games approached me and said, "Would you? Could we make a board game out of your tweets?" And I said, <laughs> "Absolutely," because I love board games. I know people in the UK play more board games than they do in the United States. Uh, and that you have game nights and things like that here. And I always had that in my family growing up. We played games constantly. So the idea that any turd that I put out there in the world <laughs> could be turned into a game that people would play with their family it made me very, very happy. So I said yes to that. And, uh, and it, it exists. Are people buying it? People are buying it, wow. yeah, which Amazing. is nice of them. Because I thought, you know, it's like there's video games now. You don't need to have board games. I thought so too. Yeah. And they it's like inventing a new penny farthing. That's what you've Precisely. done. Precisely. Come and buy my. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why. I mean, I never would have thought. You know, you know what the world needs. You know what the world really needs, Richard, is a board game made of my stupid jokes. But uh, I guess there was a small vacuum, yeah. a, a vacuumette, that needed them, and now it exists. I would. I love. Board, I do love board games. Yeah, I, I do too. I used to play Monopoly against myself. <laughs> uh, I might do a podcast of that one day. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I love Scrabble. I'm a big Scrabble fan. Mm, Massive Scrabble. Great fan. game. We play. My wife and I play a version, of a Scrabble, Scrabbleish game called Bananagrams. Oh yeah, I've, got that. I've never played. Play the it. shit out of that game, fucking every night, hard. <laughs> and love it. Is it a good game? Because I haven't played. I think so my mother-in-law great. bought it for me for Christmas. So I better so play it. So great. Yeah, I want to crush up the little letter tablets and snort them. That's how fun that <laughs> game is. We play it all the time. I've never seen her naked. And uh, if, <laughs> if your wife were to leave you or die, yeah. which would you prefer of those two? If she left of her to leave else, me or die? Yeah, would you prefer to die or to leave you? If in you leaving me she were going to... like. Here's the thing. Death can happen to anybody. So the reason I'm debating about it is like maybe the thing that made us get divorced or her, maybe her leaving me would be horrible. Maybe yeah. it would be a terrible thing. So maybe she would like be unhappy or something. Yeah. Not that she couldn't be happy without me, but I wouldn't want it to be, I don't know, because I like fucked up our kids or something and badly. So I suppose, I, you know, if I have to decide, it's because she left me because okay. I love her and I want her to be happy. That's, that's the right answer. And it's e- I've read that it's easier to be happy when you're alive than when you're dead. So... <laughs> Uh, I hope neither happened, but if it is, I hope that, that it's that she leaves me. Okay, so let's say she's left you. Yes. 
and you are free agent again, and right. you've decided that you are going to marry one of the Muppets characters. Yes. Okay. Which of the Muppets would you? I mean, so it's you've got to take into account your wife has left you as well, so that might mm-hmm. alter your decision about which Muppet you go for. But which Muppet do you think you could have a second chance of marriage with? Yeah, I, I can't remember her name, but she kind of had like a groovy disco feel. Yeah. Like a she was a female Muppet, and she had long hair. I don't know if she would Janice be in like band or something. Janice. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. It's that's the one I chose. Janice. No one was. I think we've had like three days in a row where. Janice has come out now. Okay, yeah. But that's good, but that that makes sense. she's definitely the best one. Yeah, because she's, like. she's very groovy. She yeah. could be like a Carly Simon or Carol King type. You know, put that on, put some Fleetwood Mac on a stereo and make love on a picnic. And uh, uh, whoever was on the You brought a stereo on your picnic. Uh, they don't, she never opens her eyes, so, you know, you can get, oh, away, you get away with yeah. all sorts of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy would be too, like, you know, Miss Piggy, like, sexually, you could be like, how about we, and something crazy, and she'd be like, oh, absolutely. And, yeah. but she'd still, she seems a little clingy. Yeah. I think she's very high maintenance, so yeah, be a can't have that. Uh, I think we probably in the last time talked about the closest you came to death. Unless there's anything, did you? Is it is your car crash the closest you've come to death? Still the closest, yeah. <laughs> Still the closest. It's pretty close. It's pretty close, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think yeah. I'm asking you that one. Um, uh, if you had to choose between being a cow or a badger, and you know what a badger is, because I think some of the Americans yeah. haven't known. Okay, yeah. Uh, a badger is like a black and white. Uh, yeah, I would maybe a badger because badgers kind of like range about. Like a badger will be like, "Hey, I'm gonna go over there and do something," yeah. whereas a cow is just like, Meh, you know, the cows are boring. The, the badger can't actually speak. You, yeah, you seem to have made, the badger. I don't know what sound it makes, but it doesn't go. Let's go yeah. over there and do something. No, you're sort of, that, but that's version. unfair on the cow that you're saying. <laughs> the cow goes, but the badger goes, hey, let's go over there and do some stuff. <laughs> and this is news to me. I've heard about uh, fucking sheep's and lamb, but yeah. people fuck. Can you can fuck a cow? Right. Yeah, a human being, a human man can fuck a cow. I learned that. Re- I didn't know that, and right. I wouldn't want it. Some. I wouldn't how want something. How did you find out? I read the book <laughs> Beloved by okay. Toni Morrison, okay. and sometimes the slaves would fuck cows in that. Okay. Book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I'm not sure I want to drink milk anymore now. I know that. That's, well, whatever it might be in the. But you would don't think you can fuck a badger? I don't think you could. I wouldn't let you. I reckon. Be exciting to try though, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much more exciting than trying a cow. We just stand there plastic going. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> whatever. Uh, the badger going. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's up now. I get my claw. If you get yeah. behind him and grab him from mm-hmm. behind, or her, oh, oh. I mean, there's, there's no reason it has to be. There's no reason oh, it has no. to be a male badger. There's no reason it shouldn't be though. Well, <laughs> badger homophobe. Yeah. Well, maybe he just doesn't want to rape a badger. I mean, yeah, yeah, that might be it. Well, you're not describing a situation where the badger's like, "Hey, here's an idea." You know? <laughs> It would be badger rape in, yeah. in in that scenario, which I don't condone. I don't. Con- I don't. I'm just interested to try it, but I, I don't. I don't condone. I still am against it. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't. There's a court in the land that would convict me uh, <laughs> if that happened. Uh, so what else I've got? Those are the emergency questions. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the regular questions. There, uh, in over here. Uh, you. Uh, I, I enjoyed your uh, take on. Uh, the char- the Charmin uh, adverts. You're oh you're yeah, about anti-commercialism mm-hmm. is that? That's a Twitter thing you do, right? Is it? Uh, yeah, I will, I'll you know roast. Are you on Twitter? And I, I have a Twitter yeah, okay, site. Yeah. I have yeah. a Twitter quite a handle. Okay, right. But yeah, no. They, in America, they have a, an ad for Charmin toilet paper where they have these bears complaining explicitly about. Uh, 
paper, toilet paper getting stuck to their bear asshole, and they come out and they complain about it to each other. These animated bears, and like they're in, not only is it bizarre, but they're like inventing a problem. You're not just hanging out, being like, "Whoa, goodness me! Oh, so much toilet paper just all over my asshole," because I don't know how to wipe my ass. So there, it's one of those things where they're like. It's one of those hateful things where a company's inventing a problem, <laughs> yeah. and then they're doing it in a way where children are like, Mommy, what's... You know, it's so wrong, so I hate them. But what? how does their toilet paper not do that if toilet paper... Do, if Say that toilet yeah, paper exactly. do they that. Don't what have, have they done? Have they yeah. made it not slide-proof, so it's no, yeah. there's no, there's no grip on it, so it just slides off. Yeah, our cartoon <laughs> Ursine scientists worked out a way it's semi-laminated. I don't know the fuck... <laughs> Yeah. You have to sort of just roll up and scoop. Bears don't even wipe their ass. The Bears don't, let me let's address that. Yeah. The only animals that need to wipe their ass are human beings because we stand have the cloven buttocks, <laughs> whereas other animals' assholes are just out there, like on their elbow, yeah. and they don't have to wipe it. They can just squeeze it out and keep on trucking. That's true. <laughs> My cats occasionally uh, get, because they're yeah, quite a little long, bit. occasionally gets caught up. Yeah, but you, nice. you, may, you know, cats are one of those things. I think in the echel- in the levels of things that exist, there's like animals that God made, then like way down here is people, then even below that is domesticated shit like dogs and cats. <laughs> dogs and cats I like, but not the one where we inbred them to the point where they're like, and like can't even stand upright, like those tiny little dogs, yeah. throw them in the garbage. Yeah. Not even things. <laughs> That's not, my cat Smithers, who they, he's, uh, he's uh, deaf, uh, <laughs> because he's been too badly uh, interbred, I guess. He, uh, <laughs> While I've been away, he, <laughs> the, uh, they, someone left the, wind, the bathroom window open and he jumped mm-hmm. out the bathroom window onto oh, the no. kitchen roof and slid off and fell into next door's garden. He's all right. Oh. But it, made, it really made me laugh. Because <laughs> 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 he's, su- he's really stupid. I mean, I know he's a cat, yeah. but like even for a cat, he's stupid. If you open that window again, yeah. he'll do the same thing again. <laughs> he'll just do it again. He won't have learned. And I could just imagine his fa- I could imagine his face as he decides to jump out. He has no fear. Yeah. Yeah. And then he would have landed and he would have gone he just gone looked around and see no one had seen it yeah. and then just kind of walked off as if No sweat. Nothing nothing had happened. So he's an idiot, but my, he luckily survived. My older son is two and a half and he just recently discovered his imagination and he will now be things that he isn't. Right. And his big favorite is a cat. So he'll just walk around meowing and crawling around for days <laughs> and I love it. Yeah, that, my, my, that happened to my wife, uh, who... Uh, Leave it at that. No, when she was a kid. Oh, okay. She, um, <laughs> she, uh, she pretended she was a cat, and she wouldn't stop pretending she was a cat. So and then, great. Uh, but then her dad said, if you're a cat, we're going to feed you cat food. Mm-hmm. And then she stopped being a cat. <laughs> uh, so if, the, if, the, if it goes on too long, yeah, okay. uh, do that, and that would be the best way to do it. And you've got your beard. I don't, can't remember if you had a beard last time I saw you were in... I London. think... Did now, I don't grow beards on purpose. It just it grows very fast, and what'll happen... I have a two-and-a-half-year-old and a six-month-old, so like I'll go like, hey, I should shave, and I'll go into the bathroom, and yeah. then something in my home will explode and I'll have to run out and save them and so I just it's ha- it goes it waxes and wanes it's an amazing it's not a beard. decision it's a proper like full it's a serious full, beard like my, my beard won't grow mm. there your beard grows everywhere it grows everywhere it shouldn't it I mean and, and even being this small is a decision it absolutely grows up to here <laughs> and down to oh yeah so you have like, to shave your neck absolutely so beard, yeah. yeah curiously though as hair as I am I don't have back hair which I just wanted to say that yeah, I don't know why. I should. I'm yeah, awful. Should. My body is awful. You can't even get it. I mean, I haven't seen my penis in a long time, and it's just there's so. And it's not that it's super tiny. It's not. It's not big, but it's there's so much. I don't know what's. Da- 
I don't know why I went on that train. None of that's true. But I, it is true that I don't have it is true that I don't have back hair, which is, is amazing to me. Would you ever consider shaving your own pubic hair? I know you're against the shaving of female pubic hair. Men do, you, do it now. Right. I know I've had, I only have like hours of material about <laughs> yeah. I have like public service announcements about female pubic hair and why they should have it cuz who wants to fuck a child? Not me. But anyway, um, no, it's just sexual maturity is I, I care is a thing I'm into. But um, I do, since we're asking, and since I'm so uncomfortable to yeah. discuss it, I do actually trim my own pubic hair a little bit. Like, yeah. I don't shave it or anything, but I trim it down a little bit, uh, just out of courtesy. You know, my wife is a, she's my wife, but she's also a person, you yeah. know? And you don't want her to have to put on a fucking helmet and a blowtorch to get down there and deal with anything. So, so on the biannual occasions, when yeah. she goes down there, I... <laughs> I'm not only Does kidding. Does she have to give you no written notice? I'm going yeah, to go down. Yeah, FYI. <laughs> like a landlord. I'm going to be entering the property. <laughs> and um, what do you think about... Uh, let's, what do you think about the comedy awards? Seeing the co- they haven't come out yet. They're, they're in big debate, apparently, in the, uh, in the Foster's... That's what it's called now, the Foster's comedy thing. So there was, I think they're debating whether I should win it. I think that's the... That's the <laughs> someone's gone, we haven't seen it, but I've heard it's really good. So should we go? Should we, yeah, let's give it to him anyway. Uh, do you think that awards are helpful to, for comedians? Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I've won some, uh, and I've definitely not won others. <laughs> and uh, when you get them, they're fun to get, but they're not really merit-based, you know? I didn't get one and think, like, <laughs> I deserve that. Nor did I not get one and be like, that means I should quit. You know, it's you can't really quantify or rank stuff like this. So I don't put a lot of stock in those awards. If you get one, great. Yeah. But it's not because you're better than other people. I think it's important to remember, especially in any field, people there, and especially comedy when you're in the limelight, people are going to tell you, you're going to hear every day, oh my God, you're amazing. And then also you're going to hear, please, please kill yourself. <laughs> and so, and you're going to hear everything in between. None of those are true. All that's true is you have to wake up the next day and go to work. That's yeah. it. So is don't let your awards or lack of them interfere with your work ethic, and then you'll continue to improve as a comedian. That's my philosophy on awards. It's a good philosophy, and it's the correct philosophy. And Thank unfortunately... You. Not many comedians follow that. Well, you only learn so, it after you don't get yeah. 75 of them in a row yeah. and then have to create a defense mechanism that sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> I think what's interesting about Edinburgh is like that some people really come up here. I mean, it's so crazy now. In the old days, yeah. there would be maybe 100 comedy shows, so you had a yeah. shot at maybe you had a good right. show that you could say, oh, maybe I'll get nominated. Yeah. But some people come up and if they now don't get nominated, they feel mm-hmm. like they've failed, which seems a shame in an arts festival. Yeah, it is, and it's not true. I mean, But it's also good. There should always be a thousand things that keep you from continuing in comedy. I mean, it's, you're like, it's like running the gauntlet. Like It's so hard to even eke out a marginal living in comedy yeah. that I love things that just flush people out <laughs> like shit. And uh, it makes... Just, just because it has to be there, because being funny is not more than 33% of the equation. Not more. And, and the rest of it is just, it's so hard. And you just think about the times, like, you know, that you've, like, cried, you know, like, <laughs> and you're, how hard it, like, being in the kitchen of a fucking comedy club in a suburb of Philadelphia, being like, no, why do I do this? You know, like, that, you have to do that 50 times before you become funny. So <laughs> I love things that hurt comedians, yeah. including myself. Yeah. It, I mean, it does. The pain gets worse, less bad as you get older. Well, you just learn how to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, if a terrible thing happens, it doesn't shock you. You're like, of course a terrible thing happened. And then you go have a falafel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. Well, look, I think uh, we're going to do the competition. 
haven't we? Right. Someone's, someone here's going to win some wonderful stuff, including a T-shirt from Richard Herring. I can't remember what it is. Cotton something, something. Uh, so that's not much good. Rehef T-shirt. Right on. Well done. That's one point to you. You're already ahead of everyone else. This one is a ladies' large size. So uh, hey doesn't look that large to me. Yeah, right. If any of my uh, computer-based uh, male fans win it. Big trouble. Looking at you. <laughs> Uh, I've got a copy of, a copy of Talking Cock the book which you can get from uh, www.gofasterstrike.com also Talking Cock I'm kind of thinking if I don't sell a thousand DVDs of Talking Cock by the end of the fringe I'm never going to come back and do this show again <laughs> but I'm not going to do that because uh, it would be pathetic and I won't <laughs> uh, and you can also get a copy of uh, 10 which you can get for free uh, my failed attempt to publicise my show uh, although <laughs> it, has, uh, it has been nominated for the Ma- Malcolm Hardy Award for the best uh, publicity stunt but it is not going to win it. Uh, so uh, that was good. So that's made up for the £4,500 it cost me to print those DVDs up. And um, we've got... Uh, people are taking me very seriously today. I am sort of joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a bad mood. Uh, Rob, sometimes it happens. I'm sorry that you it's had okay. to... I'm sorry you had to be here to see it. I'm embarrassed. I'm enjoying myself a lot. Good. That's good. Uh, and we've got tickets to Martin Moore, who's been on the show a few times. Uh, how do you like your blue-eyed boy, Mr. Death Now, or something it's called? Uh, it's about how he, he came very close to death. I should have him on. He's got about 5,000 stories. Maybe we'll get him on uh, before the end of the run. And a copy of Bitter and Jaded. So, anyway, uh, I've whipped you up. God, the te- there's a tension oh, in Oh, can here. I give tickets to my show tonight? Yes, to you can. That'll okay, be great. Yeah, I don't know if, if we can work that into the contest. If not, I'll just give them to people. Just so we can put their name on the door there. <laughs> okay. you got, so there's some left for your show. Where, where is your yeah, show? Yeah, it's at uh, McEwen Hall. Right, McEwen Hall. To, oh. <laughs> tonight at... Uh, tonight I did on purpose. Tonight at 7. Uh, did it at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's going terribly wrong. Don't hate me. Please just love me. That's all I want. <laughs> I'm not going to get an award today. All I need is your love. That's all, that's all I need. Uh, so what we need to do is... Be, I am joking uh, about the love. Uh, we, we, yeah, the rest of our men. Uh, everyone stand up, uh, and we're going to do make some statements that are either true or false. If they're true, put your hands on your head. Uh, if they're false, put your hands on your bottom. If you get it wrong, you have to sit down. Whoever's left standing at the end, it's very exciting. This could be a game show in its own right. Um, uh, and uh, the first one is Mark Thomas's middle name is Clifford. Is that true or false? Clifford, Mark Clifford Thomas. That is, if we can believe what's written on Wikipedia, true. So sit down if you said false. Have you got a statement of truth or falsehood, Rob uh, Delaney? Sure, yes. What would you like to say? Um, my middle name is Archer. Archer, true or false? It would be impossible to make that up. <laughs> is that true or false? True. Well, I told you, see? I, I gave you a clue. <laughs> Rob Delaney comes from Marblehead, Massachusetts. Is that true or false? Is that true or false? It's true. Marblehead? Ridiculous. Someone applaud. There's a few, few people in from Marblehead, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got another one? Um, Don't have to. Sure. Uh, sure, why not? Um, I... Uh, Will you want to do the next one? No, I, can, I've, I've, I haven't really got one. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, no, no, I know what I've got. I've got one back here. Um, okay. Uh, Mark Thomas has a Kurdish National Medal of Honor uh, and the International Service Award for Global Defense of Human Rights. All of that stuff. Is that true or false? A lot of people have gone for true. It was me reading it out of a book, a clever double bluff. It wasn't. It was true. So sit down if you said false. You thought of another one? Uh, yes. Um, Good. My grandfather fought in the Korean War. The Korean War? Mm. True or false? 
Everyone's gone for false. And they're correct. <laughs> they are correct. <laughs> <laughs> How many are you for two in the back and two here? Anyone else in? Just those two gentlemen? No? Okay. Um, I will do one more. Uh, 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 oh, uh, Mark Thomas has uh, uh, taken out a um, bounty on the head of uh, President George Bush, the original George Bush. Is that true or false? That's beautiful. That split them entirely. It's false. It's George W. Bush, the second. Yeah. <laughs> George Bush. Okay, there's two of you in. Whoever gets closest will win this. Uh, so um, uh, I've got a Nike fuel band. Uh, generally, it goes up to about uh, 6,000 is the maximum in a day. But I'm getting, been hitting around about the 4,000 mark at the moment. But it's the middle of the day at the moment, and I haven't done very much. That's your clue. What number am I up to the closest wins? 3,006. 3,006. What do you think? 3,005. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. 1,224. So he has won. But if you'd had a proper guess, you could have won actual money on top of that. I should have mentioned that. But never mind. Uh, so you've won. Come and get the stuff at the end. Thank you very much for coming. I hope you've enjoyed it. Sorry, it's been a bit uh, low energy. Uh, th and th that woman's accepted my apology. Thank you. <laughs> it's hard doing this every day. It's no excuse, though, is it, Rob? No. It's mm -hmm. not. It's not. You've got to be good every day. That is the whole Well, I, this is fun to do. Yeah, so very good fun I bet they enjoyed it. They're just, they're, they're just worried about who's going to win awards and stuff. Gotcha. They're on they're the edge of their seats. Please give up to my guest you've seen today. Uh, Mark Thomas, uh, Chris Stokes, Rob Delaney. We're back tomorrow with Paul Putner, who's the Curious Orange, uh, and uh, Scroobius Pip. Pretty exciting. See you tomorrow, bye. Come and get your stuff. That man in the back. You've got a large woman's t shirt to wear. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye.